Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're watching. Welcome to episode four of Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, Councilor Glenn. Hey, William V. Thompson. So, sidebar, I told him yesterday before recorded it, I was going to wear my Duke hoodie. And as you can see, he came ready with his Carolina gear. Got my Jordans on too, boy. You see, I got my Jordans on. Put his 11s on, his face mask. He got on a Carolina hoodie, a Carolina shirt. Oh man, I probably got on blue socks too, ain't it? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. So I, I changed my mind and, and didn't wear the hoodie because I got didn't, scared. No, I didn't he know he scared. Was this. I, I definitely, definitely wore my hoodie. <laughs> but but we're coming back for episode three. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, the goat went to Carolina. I know that. Who went to Carolina? The goat. I oh, went to where? Carolina. I just want to make sure you understand. Are y'all still under sanction right now? But you know, no sanction, bro. No sanction. Classes that weren't really there. And we still have the third most national championship, more than any other team in the ACC. We got seven. We got seven of them. That's right. I'm so seven. Yeah. I guess eight. I guess I'm sort of talking about this year. No, we could repeat this year. No, sir. No. Y'all got coming in. Uh, I don't even know who coming in, but I know we got a good front line, though. Yeah, Cole Anthony got drafted last night. He got drafted, yeah, first round. Where did he go? None of Duke's guys went first round. Uh, Cole went to Orlando. Okay. Went to Orlando. Okay. The Hornets picked up uh, Balls. Oh, yeah. Balls. Like, what do you think about that? I, I don't think the draft was that strong this year. I mean, I, I hadn't really kept track as much. Yeah. But uh, it just didn't seem to that superstars like uh, you normally see. No, nah, I mean, I was surprised that a bench player went, like, top five. I think the guy from Florida State. Yeah. The Florida State, I think, had two or three guys in the uh, first round. Yeah, he went top. Where did he go? He was, like, six, maybe seven. Yeah, that surprised me. Chicago, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Well, at least he got a Carolina boy there to get him straight. <laughs> Our point guard from last year. We, we, we fine. We're going to be fine. Who you think going to win the chip again before Duke and Carolina? Who will get the first one? Who will get the next one? Yeah. Uh, it pains me to say, it really hurts me to say this, but I think it'll be Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It, it'll be Duke. Maybe Virginia, though. Yeah, you're right. Right, but anyway, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Right, let's get into the content that people came here for. Let's so do it. Let's recap do it. episode number three, what we did last week, and I'm pulling it up right now. We talked about the five five to create cash flow. That's it, man. And which was our debts, right? The debts, man. We simply told the average. Remember everything we're teaching. You know, we're talking about bridging the gap here uh, between the old school and new school. And last week, we gave you some simple things that we talked about debt elimination. We talked about expense reduction, business or side hustle, tax strategies, and stock market investing in cash flow. And we're convinced that if anybody has used some of those things, we can actually get you $500 to $1,000 a month. And the common, the average person needs that counseling to begin their journey to build wealth. So we're going to add to it on today. Okay. So today, what, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about the Fab <clears throat> Five to build wealth. You know, I, I know like we talked about before, my generation uh, didn't mind doing things a little slower. Your generation basically wants it. Hey, tell me how I can get wealthy. Gotcha. And today we're going to give you five general things that you won't get the whole game plan because it's going to take time. But at least you'll know the areas to start looking at, which I think are the low hanging to building wealth. And we'll add some more things later on. But today you're going to get an insider's track on what me as a millennial, what Joe and I did to build wealth and what millennials can do. And you can even supercharge that if you're hungry enough. Let's hop right into it. 
All right. The first thing is very simple. It's max the match. Okay. Max the match. And what we're saying there is most people listen today, you have a job. And whether you like your job or not, we're not talking about that right now. What we're saying is if you enhance your cash flow, your company has probably a 401k plan, a 403B, a 457, some type of investment mechanism. We want you to find out and position yourself to put the most money in that you can. Okay. Let me show you why. Let's assume you are following our cash flow strategies here. And let's assume that based on last episode, you begin to create another $500 a month cash flow. And let's assume that your company matches $500. So they want to give you, they want to give you $500 tax-free. Okay. But counsel, most people don't get that money. One, because they don't know it exists. Number two, they can't afford it in their mind to put their five in. And number three, they don't see the potential of their future. But here's the potential of their future. From your cash flow, you do five. <clears throat> the company gives you five. Mm -hmm. And not to even mention the tax deferment, that's a whole nother conversation. So now you have $1,000 a month being invested. You're going to save it before you see it. Very old school principle, but it's powerful. Then counsel, again, you're 30 what? 36. You're 36. You got a birthday coming up, right? It's Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, well, happy birthday to you, dude. Yeah. Lunch is on me, too. Oh, man. If I'm in the office. No, you'll be in the office. <laughs> so be 37. <laughs> Let's say counsel, or you do it, that 1000 a month invested. For 20 years. Now, I know 20 years seems like a long time. So now counsel is 57. If he had invested that $1,000 a month for those 20 years, and you got other things going on too, a lot more things. This is just one of many. If you're able to get about 12% on your money, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Do you realize by the time he's 57, that one, that one strategy of maxing the match, you and CC would have $1 million. Wow. That's all we're saying. Keep it simple. Got it. Got it. So, and I think to, to the millennial aspect, we don't see us. I don't see, at least being an entrepreneur, working with somebody for 20 years to max the match. And we're going to show you in a little bit because I knew millennials were going to say that. And I don't blame you guys. See, that's the old school mentality. Back in my day, which I couldn't accept, is that you're going to work for one company for 40 years. Even when I was 18, that just didn't feel right. So you millennials, man, you were right on it. But there's some people that do that. But I have another idea that will work just as well for my link and really would work better just a little bit. Yeah. And in the same token, if you enhance your cash flow a little better, and save that thousand yourself. Yeah. And invest it. The numbers still work the same. Work the same. I'm going to tell you where you as a millennial want to do that. But the bottom line is you said the key word cash flow. Absolutely. And then having the knowledge and then having the discipline. A simple formula. It's knowledge plus cash flow. It's going to create wealth. Mm -hmm. No, I'm sorry. Knowledge, then plus discipline, plus cash flow is going to create wealth. Very simple. It's getting the knowledge, then the discipline to do it, then to create cash flow, and that's going to build wealth. Anybody can do that. And see, we're not about just one way of building wealth. Mm -hmm. We want you to build wealth old school way and new school way, guys. Do them both. Absolutely. Absolutely. So five, five to build wealth. Number one was maxing a match. Number two. Number two, I'm going to skip and I'm going to hit the, 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 the one for the millennials. Okay. Your Roth IRA account. Got it. Your Roth. So that's what Council was talking about. 
It's where you, because of your cash flow and your knowledge, you assume the full responsibility. There's nobody there matching the match for you, but through your cash flow strategies, which are many, you now put a thousand in and even your wife, Cece. Now notice what we said is you're going to put into a Roth IRA account, a Roth IRA account. William, do I get a tax deduction? No, you want to build wealth, right? So Council and CC, they both do it. Council puts in a thousand from his cash flow, CC from hers. They have their own separate account. We again within 20 years, and what CC did what about 40 then? Because you married a younger one, right? Right? <laughs> She's nine months older. Nine months older. Yeah. All right. CC, I think I need to check that out. But anyway, <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. But they both put a thousand into their Roth, their account, Roth IRA. By the time they're 57, again, they're going to have a million dollars in the account at 12%. And then counsel, it gets even better than that. If you and CC at 59 would wait two and a half years, you're now 59 and a half. Mm -hmm. Now you all can pull that money out legally tax-free. So now you got a million one. And you only would have put in a quarter of a million dollars. So there's $800,000 in each account that your investment went up to. Wow. So now if you let it stay and then grow, it's fine. Or if you decide I want to pull $100,000 out and buy her a rock or whatever, that $100,000 profit you pull out at 59 and a half, guess what? It's legally tax-free. And for the rest of your life count sale, that $1.1 million count, if you do real estate investing and make money, it's tax-free. If you buy a business and make money, you buy a franchise, it makes money, it's tax-free. Anything you run through, that Roth IRA account that's sitting at a million plus, it automatically makes it tax-free money all the days of your life. Wow. So is that after 59 and a half? After, at, really, at, at 59, 59 and a half, half, bro. That's it. So if I buy a house, flip it, make a hundred grand. That's tax-free as long as I buy it from that Roth IRA. There you go, brother. So let's say you flip that house today. You close the check, clears on tomorrow being Friday. You go in there Friday, say, I want the $100,000 from that house I just flipped. You pull that $100,000 out, brother, and you legally never pay a dime in taxes on it. Wow. Wow. It, <clears throat> it's funny because you, you think like, you know, these are my prime money-making years, you know, mm -hmm. your, your mid-30s, early 40s. And by the time you get 59 and a half, you know, it's cruising, but it seems like a more more opportune time. It really is. You'll find, even though you guys are doing crazy now, doing great now, when you get older, if you can follow the plan that we're talking about, it's even easier to accelerate wealth a little down the road. Because even though your energy level may not be quite as much as 37-year-old, I think the knowledge, the experience, being able to learn from your generation and a generation in front of me, and plus you normally have more money, it's wealth even builds quicker. Because think, if you have $100,000 at 37 and I have a million dollars at 61, why shouldn't I blow you away making money? Because whatever opportunities you have, you might need me to put some of my money in. So I'm leveraging your youth your knowledge, your skill, and you're leveraging my money. Right. And at some point in time, in, in a 10-year period, I probably will plateau to a degree because of the type of investments I'm willing to do, whereby you're still rearing up because if you drop the ball and lose a quarter of a million, you're good to go, man. 
at my age, I don't want to lose a quarter of a million. So again, it doesn't matter where you are in life. There are opportunities, learn them and seize them. Yeah, I like that, Rolf. And I think the key <clears throat> to what you said is, is, is once you take on that responsibility of the thousand a month, is yeah. the discipline. There you go, man. The discipline to continue that and not, you know, see the PlayStation 5 or you got it, whatever brother. the latest and greatest is. And, and, and like we talked about last time, get those things, but get them out of your cash flow. Find the side hustle. And if the side hustle is throwing you five or $800 a month, and you and your lady decide it's okay, as long as you're setting aside that thousand for your wealth building, take the 800 and upscale the car, uh, the PlayStation, enjoy life. But remember, as somebody once said, live with one foot in the past and one in the future. Enjoy today, but don't rob you tomorrow. Amen. I like that. Amen. You sound like a preacher on it. Amen. <laughs> Look, oh, oh, that's a whole nother story. Yeah, I'm going to tell you please. that story <laughs> a little later on now. No. I don't know. A little later on, boy. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. So we got two of five, Max the Match, and then the Raw. There you go, man. What's number three? Number three. Again, old school, pay your house off. Okay. Pay your house off. I was sitting down and Joe and I are going to be paying house off. By next year, this time, we've decided to do that. And uh, let's assume my house is worth $400,000. House is paid off. That's a $400,000. Now, again, I'm going to use the word asset because I'm not even talking about the payment that we no longer will make, but I'm now talking about we're going to turn right around and sure that $400,000 adds to the net worth, and that's always nice, but it didn't create cash flow. Right. We're going to turn right around and get a line of credit on the house for probably $300,000. So now, in addition to, let's say, our million, I use that terminology there, we got another $300,000 access that we're going to make sound, smart investments with. So I always tell people, get your house paid off, because even though it does help your cash flow, because there's not a house payment, right? it helps your net worth, but it also gives you the ability to get yourself on additional sources of money, because we believe this that you should only borrow when the return is greater than that which you borrow. Sure, we may have the 300,000 line and we may set rules to say that we're only gonna tap 100,000 of the equity and we both have to be in agreement on the investment. Again, that's another way to enhance your cash flow and to build generational wealth. It's old school, but it's something you want to do. Yeah, those lines of credit can definitely come in uh, handy. Obviously, you've paid off the assets. No need to let it sit there. It can make you money. I agree, man. I agree. Yeah. yeah and by the time most people pay a house off, well, the first house we got, Count, we paid off in about six years. Okay. And uh, we actually sold it, took about $100,000, and used that to buy next house. My point is, though, that no matter where you are in life, you really do want to get that house paid for. And you want to take that cash flow and use the bill well. And you want to take the equity in the house to use well. And somebody's probably thinking, William, what about the tax deduction? Never incur debt for tax deduction. That's one of the dumb, I'm sorry, one of the worst things in the world to do. So don't, remember this, the system that impoverished you will never empower you. And that's an impoverishing mentality. There are other ways you'll learn in other episodes on ways that we're going to show you how to legally create deductions based on how you presently spending money. And though I didn't go to Carolina, that's the kind of thing a Carolina man would say. <laughs> my wife went, my daughter went, 
but I didn't go. Yeah. It's all good. Definitely would learn that from Duke. Now that's <laughs> I, I won't even we, we know that one. Assuming you can get into Duke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be a smart assumption. All right. So we got Max the Match. That's it, man. The Roth. Got it, man. Pay off the house. That's it. The fourth key to building wealth. Invest, and we'll give it very simple, in the S&P 500. Okay. Number one is part A. See, count the S&P 500 is 500 of the best companies in America. The best company. You, you, you say Google, it's there. Microsoft, it's there. Facebook, it's there. Um, Alphabet, it's there. Amazon, it's there. If you, if, you, if you understand the economics of America, the 500 best of the best are in there. Okay. okay? So you're able to go to one place and write these words down, the ETF. It's what's called exchange traded funds. ETF. It's a combination of a mutual fund, breadbasket of stocks, companies, I should say, and it trades like a stock. Okay. You put those two together, that's an ETF. You want <clears throat> you want an ETF that only invests in, in the S&P 500. Okay. It's an indice, <clears throat> excuse me, that invests in the S&P. Let me show you why this is powerful. <clears throat> number one, Council, the S&P has the 500 best companies. That's number one. Right. Number two, over the last 50 years, it has averaged 12% over 50 years. Over World War, not not World War Two, nope. But over our various Korean Wars, our Vietnam Wars, our Great Recession, the bubble crises, the COVID, it has averaged over fifty percent, twelve percent, twelve percent over the last fifty years. Okay, and eighty percent. I'm sorry. All the investment gurus try to beat the S and P. Only 20% do. These are managed funds on these guys making millions a year. Only 20% can beat the S&P. Okay? So at 12%, guys, that $1,000, that's your million dollars in 20 years. So that's part A, man. You got to invest in an S&P index fund. That's part A. And part B, okay, that's more old school and I get that. Part B for my millennials. I now want you to build a membership-based business online that mirrors the S&P. Meaning this, if you've studied the S&P 500 companies, you're gonna learn a few things about them. You're gonna learn like Amazon, unlike Sears, or some of y'all, you remember who Sears is? I remember Sears. Remember Big Little, right? I know, I know. See, Sears underestimated Amazon online. Yeah. And I want you to look at the 500 companies and see how they understand marketing, understand branding, understand systems, and they understand the future is online. One of the best ways for you as millennial, not only are you gonna buy the best businesses, we want you to build the best business. And it's a membership-based business online. Take your talents and skill as a real estate investor, as a marketing guru, as a cash flow person, and literally learn from the S&P, follow their models, Put that online, folks. And just think, if counsel, if you got a thousand people to pay you fifty dollars a month, that's how much coming in. That's fifty thousand coming in a month. That's fifty thousand a month. That's six hundred thousand a year coming in. 
And if everything's automated, your costs are less than probably $50,000, $75,000. So to my millennials and boomers, not only do we want you to buy the best businesses, we want you to build the best business and build it online and look at some type of membership-based subscription organization. Okay, I know this answer, but I want to ask because okay. it, it may be confusing. <clears throat> you mentioned Alphabet. As far as the stock, I'm sure you meant Apple, right? No, no, Alphabet. There's a stock called Alphabet, yeah. It is? Yeah. Yeah, what would you check out Alphabet, yeah. And stock. Apple's there too, an Apple called okay. Alphabet. I thought you meant, okay, Alphabet. Uh -huh. Learn something new. Yeah, Alphabet, <laughs> man, that thing's running too. Do Does a Roth and the S&P 500 have anything in common? They seem like they are the same. Well, great, great. It's, it's almost like the Roth IRA is a type of investment vehicle got it. it's a vehicle like a chevy a ford a bentley it's a vehicle okay but even when you invest in that you have to decide what type you want what type of ford truck do you want okay. i know nothing about trucks so once you get the roth ira the vehicle you now have to ask how do i want to invest do i want to invest in real estate do i want to invest in businesses do i want to invest in stock market do i want to invest in cds do I want to invest in money markets? Do I want to invest in nothing? So that's the difference. So I can invest vehicle, Roth IRA. Gotcha. Vehicle, regular IRA. Vehicle, self-directed Roth IRA, et cetera. Gotcha. Okay. And the S&P is? It's one type of investment I can make. So I gotcha. could invest in the S&P 500 mm -hmm. or I could invest, let's say I could invest in Apple itself. Okay. Or I could invest in Google itself. Gotcha. Yeah, but the S&P is just a bread basket that I like having that bread basket invested in a Roth IRA because of the tax freedom of that money when you're 59 and a half. Gotcha. So if I'm doing, if I'm maxing the match in my employer or got my Roth, mm -hmm. how much should I try to invest in the S&P 500? Well, again, on a rough number, I would probably say, if, if that's going to be your automated path for wealth, mm -hmm. I'd probably say 75 or 80%. Okay. Because remember now, there are going to be other investments you have. But if you if you say, listen, I want to put this on automatic power. I'm going to commit to $1,000 in my Roth account. 75%, I would do S&P. The other 25%, I'd look at maybe other good growth opportunities like your Apple or your Google, et cetera. I'm with you. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So we got the <clears throat> max to match, the raw, pay off the house, the S&P 500, and the last of the five five. And we talked about it some last week, debt elimination. I know, folks, it seems boring, but I want to give you just one simple principle again. When debt becomes an investment, when, when debt, when debt becomes an investment, wealth is created. I don't care where you are in life now. Think about what you're paying on your house note right now. Plus, think about what you're paying on your credit cards. Plus, think about what you're paying on those student loans. Plus, think of what you're paying on those other indebtedness. The average person watching this podcast, you're probably spending $2,000 a month on debt. If you make a commitment, and we will help you through bridging the gap to do that, to get that $2,000 eliminated. Let's say in the next year, you go from 2,000 down to 1,500. You're not debt free yet, but you picked up 500 a month. Another year, you pay half of it off. Within five years, 
you now have $2,000 worth of cash flow from your debt. And if you properly start putting that in an automatic system, like the 401k we talked about, matching, maxing the match, or the Roth account, those are automated wealth building tools. And then later on, we're going to get into things like building businesses and creating intellectual properties and flipping real estate. But we're trying to get you to an automated system right now where you can see if I have the discipline and the cash flow with the knowledge, I have an automatic way to build wealth in addition to build some crazy wealth even faster. Yeah, I agree. I, I think <clears throat> this is what you used to call, I haven't heard you use this term in a while, the common man's way. It is. To build wealth. It I mean, is. It's a, if you just put your head down and get to work, and half, you have a million. It is, man. Yeah. And the good thing we talk about, because I know Council has a goal, man, to, to build an incredible marketing company. He'll do it. If you want to flip the project like you're doing, he'll do that. But it's, it's important early in life to lay a great foundation where you can say, honey, we're going to do this 1000 or 2000 a month within time. This is our boring, automated wealth building system. And once your wife, I would imagine CC's very secure conscious in you. Yes. With two kids, probably all I'm going to say, they've been talking about a nursery. That's all I'm going to say. I don't believe Man. in telling folks business, but they've been talking about a nursery. This guy. Both of them, that's all I'm going to say. So <laughs> as I was saying, see, once you guys have a system with CCCs, well, a wife sees, there's a system that if nothing else goes right, we commit this 1000 or 2000 a month to an automated system. By the time we're 59 and a half, we can still be millionaires. Yep. Then that extra money coming in, they're like, hey, honey, you got a plan. Go buy those apartments. Hey, honey, go ahead and buy that mall. You know, and now you become more comfortable. You can be a little bit more aggressive because you already know you have one item here that's going to more than do what you need even before you get to a retirement age, as they say. Yep, yep. Taking care of those basics, the, the fundamentals allows you to be able to do a little the other stuff. Man. Bring back Tim Duncan. That's <laughs> the fundamental, see? Uh, Not exciting. And Tim Duncan, he didn't go to Carolina. He ACC, though. ACC, we'll get him. Yeah, he beat me. us too much, though. That I tell was you my that. guy. Mr. Fundamental. He, he beat Carolina. But anyway, let's talk about good stuff. <laughs> but that's it, man. Get your fundamental stuff. And then you can get into the 360 dunk and flying from the foul line to the top of the key these days, man. Yeah, yeah. You can take care of the fancy stuff, but lay your foundation first of all. I agree, man. And like always, guys, if you have any questions, comments, anything you want to, you know, need some clarification on, put them in the comments. We'll be happy to answer them. Uh, like, share, <laughs> and subscribe to the channel. Uh, we are trying out some new technology. Um, I was missing a cord to have us mic'd up, but we'll be mic'd up moving forward. It looks like we may need a light or two with this new camera, but we're working on getting some branded things and making it a better quality podcast. We should be uh, on, by the time you're watching this, uh, uh, Spotify, Apple, Google. Uh, we should be able to, where you can listen to us and not just watch us if you're in the car driving. You can have the audio version of this as well. And we should have that moving forward. Uh, so we're working on some technology, some other things to make this a better product for you guys. We're committed to doing it. Uh, so we, we're going to keep it rolling. And I think that's it for episode four. You got anything you want to add? That's it, man. As, as Mike would say, just do it. Just yeah. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Nike, just do it. Yeah. I'm saying Mike. I'm saying Nike. I don't know why. Nike. Nike. As Nike would say, 
just did it. He got on the Jordan stuff. Come on, man. All right, guys. Uh, that's it for episode four. Have a good evening. I will have my Duke gear on next time. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. Have a good one.